On today's episode, we're going way down under. Welcome back to the Ultimate Deck Podcast, where everything's made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> you remember that, that old show? show. Yeah, that was a good show. I was sitting yeah. on the pooper this morning and that popped into my head for some reason and I was like, what a great intro that was. What was that called? It was... Uh, Whose Line Is It Whose anyway? Line Is It Anyway? Yeah. yeah. Drew Carey, right? Yeah. So Shane Chapman here with Wade Laurent. Happy to be here at the earliest podcast we've ever done. Maybe in history. Like in all of podcasts. For all of podcasts? Yeah, I think usually they're recorded late at night in somebody's basement, right? <laughs> anyway, the reason we're here so early this morning, it's not that bad. It's 7 a.m. We're usually here at 7 a.m. anyway because the store opens at 7.30, so it's not that early. But the reason we're here so early is because we've got a special guest from Australia on tonight. Tonight for him. Tonight for This him. morning for us. Yep. And this is the only time that we could make work where somebody wasn't sleeping or working. Yeah. So Bruce from Dunnigan Decking is joining us today. How are you doing, Bruce? Welcome to the show. Good night, fellas. How are you? We're doing well. Very good. A little extra tired this morning, thanks to you. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah, was no, up anyways. That's on you. See, I had my family is actually out of town last night. So I've got no kids waking me up all night. So I had a chance at a good sleep. And then we decided to do, to do this first thing in the morning instead. So I thank you for that. It's going to make it feel even worse that I slept in this morning because I didn't go to work. <laughs> well, you took the whole day off to prepare for this podcast? <laughs> yep, that's it, man. I'm going to put in the hard job. No, no, okay. I had to do some fun. Well, I don't want to hear any, like, oohs or ums or thought processes then if you've had an entire day to prepare for this. <laughs> Now, for those who don't know Bruce, uh, Bruce is our resident Australian on the Instagram community. There's a few of you guys in there for sure. It's a bit of a decking um, hotbed down there, I suppose, for say, and things get done a little bit differently than they do here. So it's always interesting to follow the guys that are from Australia. Uh, your handle on Instagram, for those who want to follow you, is Donegan Decking, D-O-N-E-G-A-N. Is there an underscore in there as well? Yeah. yeah so. Underscore decking. Okay, and so Bruce, you're from Perth, Australia, correct? Yep, Perth on the West Coast. Perfect. And so for those of us who are ignorant to Australian um, landmarks and cities and stuff, whatever, give us some reference points there. In the West Coast, what's that kind of near? Like people are probably more familiar with Sydney. <laughs> so um, I suppose you could say uh, Perth, I think, technically holds the title of the most isolated capital city in the world. Um, so there's not actually much around here. Like we have lots of things, but not necessarily global landmarks. Um, our recently built football stadium um, is rated the most beautiful stadium in the world. So Holy smokes. There you go. We've got that. There you go. Yeah. Um, but basically, um, if you consider Australia is either pretty much the same size as the States or a little bit bigger. Um, so if you talk from one coast to the other, that's Perth to Sydney. So. Do you get, uh, like, it's just our chance to do this to you now because we're Canadians. We get this kind of attitude from Americans all the time on just like, oh, you're from Canada. Do you know, do you know John? Or are you close to Toronto? That's kind of what we just did to you there. So <laughs> sorry for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very much. Now, Bruce, uh, you build pretty cool decks. You got into the heat bending game. How long have you been at this? How long have you been building decks and how did you get into it? Okay, so... 
I've been a carpenter for a bit over 10 years now, basically, from when I started my trade. Um, I went through a mature age apprenticeship, so I started late. Um, the deck building, I started when I moved back to Perth um, and, yeah, just sort of found a passion in it and did that. So I've been doing that for about five years now. And always under, like when you were doing carpentry before, it was what was it called? Obviously, if you weren't doing just decking, it probably wasn't called Donegan Decking. No, so um, I did my apprenticeship under my father's business, which was Donegan Services. Um, and the business was, uh, well, dad's a ship, right? Um, so we did a lot of work on boats as well. But during the off-season, um, like during the off fishing season, we would do uh, home maintenance carpentry, um, and which includes decks and home renos and that sort of stuff. So for a good portion of it, I was building, I was doing work under the old man's business. And then within the last 12 months is when we changed over to Donegan Decking is when we went out on our own. And we try to focus now mostly on decking as opposed to everything. But we do do everything still, but it's mostly with a feature on decking. So. I was going to say, I, I think I forgot that at one point you were called Dunnigan Services and not decking. Yeah. 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 Originally it was Dunnigan Services. Right. Sorry, what? I said I didn't remember that. So, yeah. I've only ever known you as Dunnigan Decking. Yeah. Um, because you say decking and make the link. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't spend as much time on my phone as Shane. <laughs> There's that too. <laughs> That's probably it. Now you're in your cold season right now, which is, is that correct? Like you were saying the other day, you have a hard time getting yes, out of bed because it's, it's so tough. cold yeah. there right now. And yeah. like cold, you mean like <laughs> your coldest is like plus three Celsius, which is about 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, it's like three degrees Celsius <laughs> in the morning. I don't like it. Yeah, no. that's tough, hey? <laughs> so, <laughs> so you like, I'm assuming you still work year round. Like that's not too cold for a guy like you to get outside and do some work though. No, no, I've still been working. You've been watching. Um, yeah, no, I still get up and go to work. Uh, I tend not to do much on the rain day. So today it was raining a lot. Um, so I took the time to get some of the book work done. And tomorrow I'm going to go into the yard and do some board bending. So just sort of swings and roundabouts. If it's raining, usually it's not too, it's not too often we get multiple days in a row where it's raining. So if you just take the day off and then make it up somewhere else. Is it fairly dry there? Like, do you get many rain days in a month per se that you lose to rain? Uh, not. It's 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 been a bit weird actually over the last few years. Um, summer we tend to get a week of rain as well, so we get a bit of the. It's up north of the state. There's a cyclone season during um, summer, so we get a week or so of rain, but it just sort of blows over pretty quick. Um, and same as winter, we get we get a fair bit of rain and it sort of clears out and then comes down again for a couple of days and then clears out. So it's not too bad. It doesn't put you out too much. Um, you just sort of used to it. I don't work in the rain like you guys do. Um, I feel like we have to because we can't work in the cold. Like <laughs> it actually gets so cold that your air compressors <laughs> don't run. So then you, you have yeah. to take those days off. That spun me out when because um, that, that was one of the things I picked up from you guys is, um, that your batteries for your tools right get, you have to bring them in overnight yeah, yeah. If they get too cold they don't work yeah that's crazy yeah that's <laughs> with, not that we're building anymore but that was definitely a thing when we were it was like it wasn't too uncommon for you to take your batteries and warm them up on the dash of your car with the heat on blast just so that they'd start charging oh, wow. again 
Because <laughs> we've got the issue otherwise during summer is we've got to watch out. If you leave your tool out in the sun, the battery will overheat like six months. Right. So. Yeah, we get the best of both worlds. We get that in the dead of summer, and then then they just don't work in the dead of winter. Yeah. So very extreme climates here. Um. So why just decking, Bruce? You've you've moved to, I think, just doing decks. Um. Is there a reason for that? Did you used to do other things? You said you worked on boats and whatnot. But what was what led you down the path of doing decking only? Um. So in seriousness, I was kind of. Uh, I was getting bored at work doing maintenance stuff. So I probably made more money doing doors and internal fit outs and things like that. But I wasn't, I was going through the stress of running a business and coming home not feeling satisfied from work. Um, and I've always enjoyed doing the decks. And uh, for some reason, it's just, uh, they've grabbed a hold of me. Like I like seeing what people are doing in the States and Canada and, wanting to try and bring that to people here and replicate that sort of stuff here. It's, it's, it's different over here. People don't even know that you can bend boards. Like, it's really, like, you say it to someone and they just have no clue what you're talking about. Um, and it's not just board bending. It's just, like, styles and, um, you know, products that we don't have that we've been trying to get here. So the reason why, uh, why the decks is because when I walked away from the decks, and being able to deliver those projects, I was very happy with what I did. So it made all the stress and the, you know, when things don't go right on site, at the end of the job, I look at it and go, you know what, it was all worth it. (laughs) There's definitely that nice payback, right? That you get to walk in and see something to completion, which is always nice, as opposed to just being a cog in the wheel of finishing a, you know, a larger project or something. You get to be the guy from start to finish. And at the end, you take your photos and you get the credit and you get the, sometimes you get the flack too, but, (laughs) but you know, it's, there's definitely something to be proud of at the end of it for sure. And also if you're the guy bringing new you know, like new ideas and new materials to the forefront of that industry, right? Like you have an opportunity down there where you're like, you're changing the game a bit. Yeah. I think you, um, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're right. Go keep going. You do seem to be, and I guess what my, my view into the decking industry in Australia is pretty much primarily through you and a few others that are on Instagram, whatever, but it seems like you're kind of a bit of a driving force down there as far as trying to bring products in like, you know, like timber tech or bring in heat bending things and, you know, different brands and stuff that you're seeing being used. And you're kind of, you're kind of on the forefront of finding people to bring that stuff to you. Um, but your market is very heavy on hardwoods, I think. And so that's probably why the heat bending thing hasn't been a, a big thing just because the synthetic decking market probably isn't as uh, maybe big there as it is here. Is that accurate to say? Uh, yes and no. Um, we actually have a bigger, a bigger. So working on some rough figures that I know from some people that I won't mention who. But um, the uh, apparently in Australia of sales, you roughly it's nearly fifty fifty. Oh wow! And composite materials. Okay. Yeah, it's actually a lot higher um, than what you guys have over there. Um, I remember when you did one of I think your live podcast and. Uh, Las Vegas, and I remember hearing the numbers that I think the lady from Trex was talking about, and I was just like, wow, is that all you guys? Like, that's your number. We sell way more than that here in Australia. 
Um, but uh, the issue we've had here is that we don't get as quality products. Um, so there's a lot of bad, bad uh, taste. You know what I mean with some of the some of the products. Um, uh, our technology is a lot. The stuff that we have here is a bit far behind. Um, we're lucky we get Trex and we get Timbertech, but the the presence of them isn't as big as what you guys have in the, the states and Canada. So, but that's changing. That's starting to change, and social media is playing a big part of that. Um, so, when you say at the forefront, I wouldn't say I'm really at uh, at the forefront. Um, I'm just one of the few, one of the guys who are actively seeking this stuff. Um, we want to be better. This um, Jay Clark Constructions, uh, Deck in Sydney, uh, both guys who are super passionate about being able to do more rather than just be satisfied with making the quick bucks and get out. So um, trying to get these products into Australia to better the building industry is sort of a big driving force and also give us the opportunity to work with really cool stuff. <laughs> you guys get all the cool stuff. We've got to sort of wait for it to get here. And it's usually been about 10 years by the time we, um, by the time we get it. That's a hell of a boat ride. 10 years. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a common joke in Australia that we're 10 years behind the rest of the world. Um, we've had, we've had tracks for a while now, which is pretty good. And Timbertech has been around for quite a while, but it, like I said, it hasn't had the, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. It's just, it's just not gaining so, market share um, properly. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, also, um, one of the, I suppose, uh, what, like when you guys said, you know how you guys said when people come into the shop, they might ask you for a track deck because they want composite. Yep. Like it's not necessarily that they want tracks, they just want a composite deck. So we have a product here in Australia called Modwood and that's what people associate composite decking with. Sorry, what's the product called? So Modwood. It's an Australian made product. Um, it's a non-cap composite. Um, I know that they're working on a cap composite, but they just won't release it. I don't know why. Um, but can you spell? Is the it name associated with composite? Is it M O? Is it? Can you spell that? Is it M O D M U D? Yeah. M O D W O O D. Never heard of it. Yeah, That's interesting. Yeah. You guys? No, because it's Australian made. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it's and it's not distributed yeah. outside of Australia. Uh, I think New Zealand get it a little bit, but it's pretty much it. I think. Okay. Well, don't quote me on it. It might be wrong. <laughs> uh, that's just my understanding of it. Does Australia, just while you, you said New Zealand, does, does Australia and New Zealand have a bit of a friendly rivalry, kind of like Canada and the United States? Not when it comes to decking, but just in general, yeah. like sports and culture yeah. and whatever else. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's for long, yeah. Everybody needs um, one, right? Yeah, yeah, it's good. We love it. We love our Kerry brothers, except for when we play them in sport. <laughs> so, uh, no, they're, they're a good value. Um, yeah, no, nah, good. <laughs> and so, have you, I don't mean to put you into like choosing names, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Have you found a product that you enjoy working with more than others as far as whether it's like, whether it's composite versus yeah, PVC well, versus hardwood or whether it's TimberTech versus Trex versus Modwood versus Millboard or are there, are there certain ones that you enjoy working with more? Yeah, um, so basically, um, we don't get this, like I said, we don't have a lot of the same products you got. So, for example, Wolf PVCs and Wolf 
I think a wolf composite maybe on the east coast. Um, uh, I believe uh, I've never worked with Fibron, but it's labelled here next gen, so it's not actually called Fibron. Okay, um, which is really weird. Um, but so essentially, when it comes to decking, I've worked with a fair few products, but I personally prefer working with the ASIC. Um, I like PVC because it's lighter on my back, which is good because in the cold mornings I don't do so well. Um, and also I can do more with it. I like the ability to shape it to what I want it to be, whereas cutting composite can be quite a pain in the butt when you're trying to, you know, you can, it doesn't have the same workability as what PVC does. For sure. Um, but in terms of decking for clients, I tell I'm not big on bagging the, the big brands. I say to them, like, if you're going to buy a deck, if you buy a timber deck or if you buy a track deck, you're going to end up with a good deck. If you buy a millboard deck, you're going to get a good deck. If you're getting a product that is going to last, you're getting a product that, does, that, that has a great warranty system backing the product. So I'm not picky if that's... At the moment, I tend to work mostly with timber tip. So you have just sort of how the chips are landing. It seems like it seems like you're up against it a little bit more than we might be with kind of other products that we wouldn't consider to be of great quality. It sounds like you've got a lot more of those kind of low cost, yeah. um, for lack of a better term, Chinese brands in Australia. Like they're <laughs> they're definitely infiltrating here too. They're definitely got a big presence here now as well. But it's kind of more in the last four or five years that's happened. Is that something you're up against every yep. day when you talk to people that they, you know, they see these lower costs and you got to do some education to teach them why they're not as good of a product as a TimberTech or a Trex? Is that something you have to do every day? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big thing here. And um, it's, it's, I suppose, because our trade relations with China are a lot better. Um, that's not to say China can't make good products. Um it's just I find a lot of the people that go there to import stuff do it on a cost-based reasoning. So some of the products that we have here, um, I won't. I refuse to install um, because I don't think their quality stands up and I don't think their warranties stand up. And I have to explain that to the customers. I've lost jobs because of it because I won't install it. Um, sure. But yeah. that's on my principle. So um, I'm not holding that against the customer. The customer has a budget. If they can't afford the products that I'm offering them, um, then that's that's all to that's to them. So, I think I think that's probably um, okay. Yeah. That's likely a good decision on on your part, right? To it just ensures the quality of what you install, right? So that every deck yeah. you do looks great and then lasts forever. I think I think having customers tell you that they're going with somebody else isn't the worst thing. So when they when, yeah, how um, you're not going. Go ahead, Bruce. Okay. How does your hardwood pricing compare to composite and synthetic decking there? Like I think when I said that you, your market's more heavy in hardwood, that obviously wasn't true. But is it true to say that you're, when it comes to wood, though, you're more heavy on kind of hardwood species versus softwood? Like you yeah. don't do a lot of pine and cedar and whatnot down there? Yeah, so, um, yeah, hardwood decking is probably our main one, uh, depending on which species and actually what state you're in. Because if you're on the East Coast, 
uh, timber species like spotted gum and things like that are actually a bit more cost effective as they are compared to here because obviously freight and everything that comes across. Um, but for example, a spotted gum hardwood deck here in WA can enter almost at like some of the lower level composites or even some of the higher level composite pricing by the time you start installing it. Um, but we have, uh, we run a lot of Merbao, which I think is very similar to what you guys call Balu. Um, so I'm not, um, you guys obviously use a bit of uh, Brazilian hardwood, uh, whereas ours comes from Indonesia a lot. Um, so we get some Indonesian hardwood that come in that are a bit more cost effective. Um, but we also have our locally grown Jarrah. So I don't know if you guys have seen some of the Jarrah decks that I've done. Um, it's really quite unique uh, timber and it's very, very beautiful. Um, and a lot of people still are really hung up on that, trying to get that Jarrah look um, in their houses. Uh, but yeah, so basically depending on which species, yeah, it, it can be, it's, it's more expensive than softwood, so some people still do pine decks. We don't do cedar decking, or I've never seen in my life cedar decking. Um, it's too expensive, for one. Uh, so where you guys sell it as decking, I've joked about it on your post. Like I really, It's crazy that you guys use it for decking. Um, is that an import thing? Yeah, is it, so- is it- is it not like you? It must be. It, yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not quite across it, but because our cedar lining boards are very expensive, and that's to do the ceiling in your frescoes and stuff, and that's still quite expensive. Right. So, and they're only eight, nine mil thick. Yeah, it's in, it's interesting to yeah, hear that all the time. That that cedar is considered like a premium, expensive product. There, it's considered a, like a bit of a yeah, like a small upgrade here, but it's like because like Western, well, most of Canada is covered by a lot of that type of growth, that type of forest and trees like cedar is probably the, one of the most abundant woods there is out here between that and pine, spruce or pine, spruce, pine, <laughs> cedar. So it's like, it's fairly cost effective here. It's only one step above just doing like your very baseline pressure treated, yeah. nothing, right? Like the most budget, it's only a little bit more than that here. So it's interesting to hear that it's such a pre considered such a premium product down there. Um, yeah, um, we had a customer um, the other day that I was talking to. He was um, saying that he was pricing up cedar lining boards and then like the fake cedar lining boards. And I think he said that the fake cedar lining boards that the company was selling was actually cheaper than the actual cedar lining boards. So <laughs> that was uh, quite a quite amusing to be honest because normally it's the other way around. An artificial product that looks quite good is usually the more expensive too. So. That's funny. So do you do work? Essentially, you said Perth is fairly isolated. So I assume you just kind of do work in the Perth area. You don't travel too much for work or do you get the odd call to go elsewhere? And do you take them if you do? Um, yeah, I'm not afraid to travel. Um, originally growing up, um, I'm basically five hours north of Perth. Um, so that's 500 Ks, kilometers. Okay. Um, so yeah, I've, I've traveled. I've traveled to work my whole life. Um, so if someone wants me to build a deck in the middle of the bush, I'll go and build it. I don't have a problem doing that. Um, what about the so middle yeah, of Canada? I need a, I need a deck. <laughs> Would you, if you pay for the flights, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of traveling to deck. Canada or North America, do you have plans on getting over here this year? I know you're always kind of chomping at the bit to get over to deck expo or IBS or something. Is this the year? 
this year is probably not. Um, I wanted to. I've got. I've set a target that hopefully will be there for the next Baltimore one. I believe it is. Um, is the one where I want to get to. Uh, that's not ruling anything out. Um, I'm working closely with some people, which I'm hoping will help make that trip easier. Um, because the cost to get to the States and back is a lot of money. And when you're a small family business with three kids, it's uh, a quite a lot of expenditure just to get there and then try and get back. So We need to fire up some sort of sponsor Bruce campaign and get you some flights here. Somebody's got to step up. <laughs> Um, what's that GoFundMe they, they don't let you do that stuff anymore <laughs> well now that you've chosen kind of Azek um, as your preferred product to work with you need to hit up TimberTech Jeff or Azek Jeff whatever he's called nowadays yeah. get him to get him to spin something he listens I'm pretty sure oh don't worry I've been oh, don't worry I've tagged him in that many a time I'm working <laughs> on him he'll come around yeah he's probably listening to this right now and be like get get lost leave Shut me alone you two what are you guys doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> Pretty much exactly what he'd be saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then he'll go back and talk to his dog. <laughs> who, so, like I said, I kind of I kind of think that, at least from the Instagram stuff, we see that you're kind of the Australian deck builder guy that people are following, but who were your kind of idols as you came up in the industry and before you got into heat bending and stuff? I mean, there's a few obvious ones, but who are you kind of, who's inspiring you to want to do things better? You're saying you're saying you get a lot of ideas from the guys in Canada and, and America and whatnot. Yeah. Who are those accounts that you're kind of learning from or did learn from? No, so the biggest, the biggest ones, Jason, obviously, uh, Dr. Dex. Yeah. Um, I tuned into him, um, it would have been about two years now, um, and I think it was it was the job before the beast, um, uh, that big wolf one he did, um, and then watched him his following just skyrocket. It was insane. But his, um, I really uh, what I liked most about Jason and basically anyone that I talked to on the Instagram page, just how open everyone is about everything. Um, so Jason's basically helped me get to the point I'm at with board bending and just like just in, like improving every little thing of my deck building. A lot has been taught from Jason, and a lot of it's done not necessarily straight from his Instagram, but personal conversations and stuff as well. So um, he's probably the biggest one. The other ones, Mark and Chris at Infinite Decks, uh, those boys do some of the most amazing decks I've ever seen. Just the audacity to pull off <laughs> some of those curves, um, it's, and they do it with such ease. Um, so when I show people pictures of their work, they just they're just shocked. They're like, how? <laughs> that's the one you get the most. Is how can someone do that? I'm like, well, I, that's what I can do now. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm yeah. trying to be able to deliver this stuff to customers here. Um, Early on in the piece, and I said this when we had our live chat a while back, Shane. Early on in the piece, Fresh Decks was one of the one of the first guys as well that I started following. Um, your early works with the with the stuff you were doing, and just how you communicated what it was you were doing was always a big impression on me. Here, um, it also gave me probably your page was probably gave me the most courage to go out and try and do it. <laughs> um, 
well, well, if that little, that little dumbass from Canada can do it, there's no reason I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you'd say that. Um, I think it, I think, (laughs) I think it was more that it was more relatable. If that makes sense. Like Jason, Jason and that, these guys are just doing like crazy stuff. But you did things on, not just on deck, like little things that people like hadn't really thought of, like the inlay with the, the tree in the, you know the one you won the awards for? Yeah. Um, something fancy, I don't know. Um, that one with the, the tree and that, and just taking a, a like an image from the mountainside and putting it into a deck, which is like, that's crazy. Like, it's nothing, it, the, the circle was definitely like something crazy and beyond, I think, anyone's ever done with the, that tighter curve. But just the simplicity of taking something so picturesque and being able to incorporate it into the deck. You know, like sort of just go see the lot. Anyone can take from anything, like any inspiration from anywhere to be able to make something more than just a box on the ground. What I what I like the most about that tree one is it didn't have to be something that you would do in a composite deck either, right? Like you could take that, you could be using two different types of hardwood and cut that in, right? There's, it's not just composite decking, which is what I did. (laughs) Yeah, funny, funny recent story. Funny recent story about that deck, which that deck's probably a couple of years old now, but Three we still, maybe, right? yeah, we still have like the Nadra awards that I won for that one are still hanging in our store. And we had a contractor in the other day, about a week ago and he was paying for his stuff and he looked over at the pictures, of those things. And he's like, he didn't know it was, he didn't know it was me that had built that. And he's like, so what they do there is they just painted that on then they just built the deck and then painted the picture onto it. And I was like, sorry, what? And he points at the picture. He's like, like the whole sun and the mountains thing. Like that's just, they just painted that on there. And I was like, no, that was actually like, that was cut in and like heat bent and everything. He's like, what? And he steps closer to it and he looks and he's like, well, how is that even possible? Like who did that? And I was like, that was one that I did. Like Justin and I actually built that. Well, that's incredible. I, I didn't even know you could do that. I was like, yeah, neither did we <laughs> until we did it. So yeah, yeah. yeah I think and that's, a, that's what I mean by that. The beauty of it is that it wasn't. It, well, the curve was obviously crazy, but like I said, the, it, it was such a simple concept to be able to incorporate into a deck that it just turned it into something majestic. <laughs> For lack of a better word, but you know what I mean. Like it, it wasn't. You weren't doing something extravagantly like multi-level, multi-view sort of. You know, like nothing over the top engineered. It was just put this picture in the deck and it looked incredible. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I always liked, like I was also following the same guys you were following and, and being inspired by them, but I never wanted to just do what I was seeing all the time. It always want, I always, always wanted to have my own twist on it because I know there's some, there's some trends that people do and then they, and then other people just do a bunch of them like that Celtic knot in the corners. It looks super awesome, but once somebody's done it, it's like to replicate the same thing over and over again, like probably a hundred people have done that Celtic knot in the corner of a deck now, or the interlocking squares in the middle of a deck or like, those are cool. And those are good inlays. But once you've seen it, there's no imagination anymore. You're just like, you're just replicating it. And so I never, I personally would never got a bunch of joy out of just replicating something else I'd seen. I always wanted to put my own spin on it and, and do something that hadn't been done before. Cause that's what gets the most attention I felt. But so do you have any on yeah, your plate? That, that- Sorry, go ahead. Drippers. So, yeah, basically, and that's and that's what I meant by um, 
the most relatable because that's exactly what I, I want to do with what I do. I don't want it to be the stock standard. I want it to be something a little bit different. Um, and I drew from that design and I did their flower inlays. So, like, I took a lot of, like, the courage of just taking something simple and trying to incorporate it into the deck funny. So that's where the flower inlays I did with the, the hardwood deck and the Fiji mahogany. Right, I inlays. forgot about that, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, and that, a lot of that come from the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm, you can put anything in here. I don't have to be, it doesn't have to be a square. It doesn't have to be this. Um, they were put in an orchard in their backyard, so I went and I looked at the plant. And I went, "Oh, it's a it's a, it's a plant called Gerald White." But what if I just put the flower in there and then do two of them? Yeah. <laughs> and I drew it up and I sent it to them. And they're like, "Oh my god, it's amazing! Do it!" <laughs> I was like, cool. The other I one I like, <laughs> the other one I liked seeing you do because I had this idea for quite some time was that curved bench that rises up out of the deck. <laughs> <laughs> that one I had on my plate for a while. I had actually done some 3D designs like, and was just like waiting to find a customer that wanted to do it before I did it. And then I quit building. And so when you, when you took that one, I was like, like that was awesome. There was a, there was one picture I saw one time and I can't, I don't remember who built it or whatever, but there was a hardwood deck that um, had a similar kind of bench that came out of the ground, but it was out of hardwood. And that's, that was kind of my inspiration for wanting to do, <clears throat> excuse me, not just a bench out of it, but I wanted to actually like transition from tier to another tier kind of that way. Yeah. And so that was my goal to yeah. eventually do something like that at some point, but then I didn't. So it was, it was cool to see yeah. somebody do that. Somebody take that on. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had that. Yeah. I was saying, I think I know the date you're talking about and that's the same thing in my mind. I was like, I need to do this. I need to get yeah. out of the, yeah. out of the, out of the deck and just make it, um, I called it the fluid David because essentially it's, it's it's all one thing. There's no breaking it. There's no, um, yeah. It's just it was just a one fluid motion from the from the decking floor to the bench seat itself. So. Yeah, yeah. Bruce, I got to step out. I got to go open the store. Seven thirty now, so I'm gonna leave. You can keep chatting with Shane. Uh-huh. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much thanks, for the chat. Glad to talk to you again. Yeah, man. Uh, I'll catch you, buddy. Stay warm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will now. <laughs> Okay, yeah, it's 7.30 a.m. here, which means the store opens, so Wade's going to go take care of that, but uh, we can keep chatting a little bit here. Um, so there is zero benefit to, well, I don't know if it's zero, but there's very little benefit to you joining a, a group like Naja because they just don't have an Australian presence, but is there a part of you that kind of wants to get in there and submit some of your jobs for the awards part of it, or do you have a similar organization in, <laughs> in Australia that you can get some uh, kind of props from? Um, <laughs> I, I remember one night I had a few beers and I did message them and said, hey, do you take international? <laughs> uh, they said no. Um, <laughs> but I have been in talks with, uh, I've been in talks with a couple of guys in Melbourne and I know of a guy who really wants to try and get an Australian purchase in place, um, which I, I, I said to him, I said, can I be a part of it? Um, I'll you know, I just want to see this sort of thing happen here would be amazing. Um, just to recognize, because they have builders awards and all this sort of stuff, but there's not a lot of recognition on the guys who are actually doing the building. So something like that would be, um, would be really cool to see. Um, and then it can, and hopefully be open to everyone, not just the big landscape companies or big building companies who have all the money. So right. that would be a dream to see something like that happen. It'd be cool. 
is it super competitive where you are? Do you have a lot of other um, companies that are specializing in deck building that you're competing against constantly? Or what's the market landscape there? Um, it shifts every now and again. It does get quite competitive at times. Um, there's lots of, like I said, lots of low balling. Um, sometimes um, there's a, there's a few other companies in Perth that that are on Instagram as well that you can you can find that are doing some pretty cool stuff. Um, the yeah, it's um it's it's pretty small, but so um, most most guys will do most things as a carpenter they'll branch out and do a lot of things there's a few guys who specialize in decks there's a few guys who specialize in like door frames and things like that so the most will try their hand at most stuff um but essentially i think there's probably yeah, there's a few few of us here that are specialized in decks but then then you better compete with every other carpenter who needs the work <laughs> at sure. the same time so and you mentioned that you spend a lot of time looking and seeing or following what the uh, what products the North American guys are using because that's kind of you feel like the industry is a little bit further ahead here. Are there some products that you're using in Australia that you think like, boy, this would really do well elsewhere if somebody knew about this or if they got distribution outside, if this got to Canada or the USA, this would really catch on. Are there products that you're using that kind of you think are kind of unique but but would be mass adopted if they were to get outside your borders? Um, not sure about mass adopted, but um, there are some products that sneak in every now and again. I was surprised when you guys said you don't have millboards. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I do have a, a lot with that product, um, but their driftwood plank board is something I've never seen anywhere else. And I was really surprised when they said they don't actually export into America or Canada. Um, so when I mentioned it to people like yourself, you're like, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, a, it's quite a unique board. I personally prefer still the ASEC and Simbitec, um for the board sizing. Um, so the mill board only comes in like a 3.6 meter length, which is a 12 foot, I think, to convert. Um, 12 foot board is their maximum length. So that sort of hinders how you can design it, right. um, design with it, um, and also it's uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty unique product. So it's like a fiberglass composite, so it's not your traditional wood plastic, and it's not um, a PVC, and it's not like a elevations or anything. It's a, it's completely different, and I don't know of anything else in that anything else in the world that's anything like it. So there's probably one that would if they could afford to export into America and Canada, would probably take off with some of your higher end products that are looking for that sort of weathered look. Right. Um, uh, there's some other products coming into the market, which I'm really keen on. I'm actually working closely with the product um, as well, uh, which will hopefully take off. So if you keep an eye out on my page over the next, um, say next couple of months, I should have some more info on it. Um, which I think will be really good. Um, but otherwise, yeah, pretty much it's, um, it's, it's pretty simple picking. A lot of the stuff we get comes from yeah, China. So some of it's good, some of it's okay, some of it's pretty rubbish. 
you got to massive amounts of stuff. I think Nilbo is probably the only one that comes in here. That's actually from England. So you got to give us a little bit more insight into what you're talking about here. What are you working on? Is it railing? Decking? <laughs> uh, I mean, I've been watching you guys and everyone in America pushing their way onto helicopters um, and all that sort of stuff, which gotcha. we have here, but. In Australia, it's similar to what you guys have. You've got a big machine, so they've got to drive this big massive putting in in order to build depth on. Um, a product that I'm looking into uh, is engineer design screw pile that you don't need any massive machinery for, okay. um, which allows you to do it yourself. Um, so for, say, somewhere in WA, like where I am, uh, there's a lot of houses where you can barely get a dingo or a uh, I think that, do you guys call them dingoes, the little bobcat, mini bobcat? Yeah, they, they exist here. Yeah, landscapers use them a lot. Yeah. yeah, 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 the little ones, but we can't even get them down the side of houses in some spots here. So, you know, this product's going to take away all that sort of thing. So, um, it's actually out of Denmark, and um, it needs a bit of tweaking, which is what I'm working with them on, to make it um, a product that I think will be um, very universally recognized and uh, beneficial to a lot of deck builders. So, Interesting. Um, yeah, if it comes on, it's going to be pretty good. So I'm pretty awesome. excited. Yeah, we've got, I don't, I don't know exactly what you're referring to. I'll have to do some research, but there's, uh, I believe Pylex is a Canadian company, if I'm not mistaken, P-Y-L-E-X. Um, they make kind of a, a, I call them a light duty screw pile. They're they're 50 inches long. So that's probably like 1.2 meters or something. Um, yep. the, yeah, very, yeah. the helix on them, like the, the spline on the bottom is only a six inch, I believe it is plate on it, but you hand drive them. And so I've actually used some of them on my deck. You may have yeah. seen whatever they just drive in you put a two by four in them and get some leverage and you can twist them in. So they're kind of a, mm. kind of a light duty version of a helical pile, but they, they have a purpose for some smaller projects or, if you want to use a 10 of them instead yeah. of three regular piles or something like that. But the problem with the, the problem yeah, here, so, yeah. the problem here with that you don't have right, is the okay. frost depth, right? So you're not battling frost like we are here. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll, um, it'll work really well because uh, helicopter piles apparently work really good in sandy soil. <laughs> so that's basically all of WA. Right. Um, but this product, uh, it's, I love the name, it's called Ground Plug. It's um, out of uh, Denmark. It's, um, it's, uh, you, I'm not a big fan of the bracket system that I have on the moment, um, which is part of what I'm trying to talk to them about and change it up. Um, but it's, uh, you drive it in with a rattle gun, basically, uh, which you guys call, I call it rattle gun, maybe, uh, impact wrench. Yes. Okay. Um, and you drive it in, it's a big screw and essentially it's engineered, depending on which size one you go with, but it can go past frost depth, you can do all that sort of stuff and it can be rated to tonnage and I think it's, I think one of them is rated to like three tons. So wow. they're not, yeah, they are very clever design, um, but the, it, it still needs to, in, from where we are, it still needs a little bit of tweaking, but it has a lot of potential. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited with hopefully trying to get that um, to take off here in Australia. Yeah, that's awesome. It's funny that um, as old as the decking industry is, it we're in a time of like uh, mass R and D and new products coming out all the time. Like decks aren't 
aren't new, aren't a new thing, but the products that are, it's kind of going through a bit of a transition period as people want to, you know, build things a little bit easier, um, you know, or faster or better, or like all these maintenance free products. Well, they're only, you know, 15 years old. And so there's still a lot of, um, progression happening as far as the products. There's still lots of things to get excited about. It's not a mature industry by any means, even though it's an old one. Oh yeah. And yeah. And I love the fact that, um, it's also tweaks on old tech. So screw files aren't anything new, um, but the thought of how can we turn a, a helix file or a screw file into something that's easier and uh, beneficial to people, um, you know, and it's not just that, it's the same with the decking products, but the, the screw on plug system from Cortex and stuff on <laughs> You guys, it's second nature to you guys, they're over here, but like, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like I think, I don't know how many, like it, it hasn't been something that's been here regularly and it's, it's a very simple design. It's a very simple concept, but it's a tweak on a screw and plug that you used to do with your timber. Yep. That you, no one really thought about doing for a long time and now they do it. Yeah. yeah. There's, um, there's plenty of scope. It's absolute I love the way the industry is. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had come up with that idea. Yeah. <laughs> Would have made millions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so much, there's so much happening. Um, and there's so much coming on, um, technology wise. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very exciting times. I think anyone it, who's, who's like that interested in decking. Yeah. It's gotta be uh, in part due to the, f- due to the people that are in the industry, right? Like everybody that's in the decking industry is a creative mindset from the get go. And you know, it's carpenters that are born and bred to solve problems. Right. And so it's, it's an industry mm-hmm. where if somebody runs into something that can be done a little bit better, it only, it's only a matter of time before somebody thinks about how to do it better. And so I think that's where all this innovation comes from is like these creative minds who are problem solvers. And so there's just always something new, right? Like who knew even with uh, like hidden clip fasteners, who knew that that could be improved upon until camo came out and, came out with their new edge clips and that seems to be seem to be catching on with everybody w- it's like well what's there really to improve I wouldn't know on? they haven't sent me any <laughs> shots shots I'm still fired. waiting yeah so I'll take <laughs> I'm waiting t- camera send me some so I can uh, well, I've been asked about them multiple times by people like what's your thoughts on the camera I'm like I wouldn't have a clue like, I haven't sent them yet so, so don't so, feel bad yeah, they haven't yeah, sent me any um, either so I've, I've seen them at, 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 probably don't listen to the podcast. Maybe not. I've seen them on numerous, uh, trade shows. Like I think I, when was it? It was a couple years ago, maybe even, uh, I can't remember if it was IBS or deck expo, but when they first were about to launch them, but they weren't talking about them yet. They had this, like at their trade show booth, they had this curtained off area behind the booth with their secret products. They weren't telling anybody about yet, but if you had a big enough following on Instagram or something, they would invite you back and show you. And so I got a sneak peek at them then when they, when they were first uh, kind of pre-release. And I remember thinking that I was like, gosh, this seems, this seems fairly gimmicky. Like, I don't know that this is really that necessary. And then the next time I'd see them at a show, they'd be demoing them or something. And the more I saw them, the more I used them, the more I was like, okay, there might be something here. And then you start seeing people actually using them in the field. And I don't think I've seen a negative thing yet. Every single person's like, these are amazing. We stopped using whatever clip we were using before. These are so much faster. And it's like, that's pretty cool because I never, I never really thought about there being a problem with the other style of biscuit clips before. Like they were good. They were an improvement on what on face screwing. Uh, but who knew that there was even more improvement to be done yet? So I'm excited to see where that 
where every industry goes, right? We, yeah. The products we have now that we think are so amazing, maybe there's improvements that are yet to come on them. Like, who knows? So, I mean, even, even as far as... Even as far as the Cortex plugs go, right? Like the Cortex plugs came out, whatever it was, six, seven years ago. And they were amazing. And it was like, I don't know that you can improve on these. And all of a sudden they come out with collated ones. It's like, oh, well, there's how you improve on them. You make installing them quicker and easier. So who knows what's next? Yeah. um, With the camo, um, I know sometimes products can get a a bit of a jump on, but um, obviously Mike at Dex Venom has been given a set uh, a whole run of them now, so I'm, I'm keen to see his review on them because <laughs> he doesn't hold back. <laughs> so um, if you think they're good, then camera really knocked it out of the park, man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, there's a few a few of those products coming out, and even just even the deck board tech. So, like I know you guys are pushing the decorators, um, innovation stuff a fair bit up there. Um, that's crazy. Like the, the stuff. Who would, who would have thought to build, make a board by mixing it with mineral sands and stretching it into fibers? But that, to me, is just like, how did you even come up with it? But it's nearly, you smash it with a sledgehammer and it doesn't do anything. Yeah, that's that's right. And like the desk that I'm working upon right now is that exact product. And we, like, honestly, we held off on decorators. We opened the store four years ago and it didn't take long for um, one of our distributors picked up decorators pretty soon after we opened. And so for a, probably two or three years, they were kind of knocking at our door saying like, Hey, you know, decorators, it's a, it's a good brand. You should bring it in, bring it in. And we, we just always pushed back cause we already had six brands. We didn't need another one. But when they came to us this year with their new voyage line, um, it for one was probably one of the nicest looking boards I've ever seen. Like it was just beautiful. Um, the traction on it was unbelievable. And the expansion and contraction it's up for debate a little bit, but it sounds like it's better than pretty much any other product we were carrying. It still moves a little bit from what I hear from people that have used it a bunch, but not nearly as much as a PVC or composite would. So in our climate, that's a big selling feature. That and the traction, uh, it almost became too attractive to say no to. And so I guess, I guess we just stopped saying no and we ended up bringing it in this year, that line anyway. And it's been, it's been awesome. It's definitely a more premium price point. Um, but it's up there with the high end Trex and the high end timber tech stuff. So it's like, yeah, it's found a home here for sure. And we're, we're very happy with it so far. So, but yeah, to your, to your point, I remember hearing from, um, from Jace, who is the, I don't know what his official title is, but he's kind of the decorators guy um, when he was here and he was telling us about, I, I can't remember yeah, the entire works. story, but how they had developed this technology and they didn't really know what they were going to use it for this kind of stretching uh, pole intrusion as they call it. Yeah. And, the, and suddenly it, like, I don't know how, but it ended up being like, well, decking, this will be great for decking. And so it was, it was more of a, a science experiment first. And then they found a product use for the technology and, and here we are. This is what it became. So, yeah, I'm waiting for him to do. I'm sure it's going to happen. Um, make a, a deck joist out of it. Yeah, like surely they'll be able to do a subframe. Like you've seen the, I've seen plastic versions of subframes, and they just don't, and they have no structural value and stuff like that. But if you can get that tech to make a subframe out of it, it'll probably do really well. <laughs> like a non-rotable. Yeah. And there, there is some, I've seen some, and I, the name is escaping right now, but the last time we were down, I think it was at IBS and I don't think it's a super new company. They've been out for a couple of years, the product, but they have a, like it's essentially HDPE 
uh, like high density polyethylene. So the same material as comps that decking is made out of, but framing components. So they had like four by four and six by six mm-hmm. posts and joists and like all the framing dimensions they had in this, uh, composite material, which I thought was kind of neat too. So there's lots of stuff out there. Like you only see, you only see a portion of it that people are actually using on a mass scale. So that's what people get exposed to. But when you go to these shows, you find out that it's like, Oh, like you off the top of your head, most people could probably name like 10 brands of composite decking at best. Like somebody in the industry could probably only name 10. Um, average homeowner could probably name one, right? They can name tracks, but you go to one of these shows and all of a sudden it's like, well, there's 30 of them at this show. And, and probably there's another 80 out there that aren't at this show. Like there's a lot of companies working on different technology. It's just, it comes down to who can market their product the best. Right. So it's interesting yeah. to, uh, to follow, kind of get a little bit, get beyond the uh, magazines and the stuff you see on TV and see what's actually being done out there. And there's some pretty cool things that just aren't out there quite yet. So so if that's not inspiration enough for you, Bruce, to get your Definitely. get your ass up here to Louisville and come to Deck Expo this year, I don't know what it is. I know. I, I, just, I was just thinking that then. I'm like, oh, now I really want to go again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, um, well, you can crash in yeah, our room. I always get so jealous when you guys are there. I was. <laughs> I said, yeah, you can crash in our room if you need. Get, get your flight over here and you can crash in our hotel room. We'll, we'll give you that much. Um, I don't know if you have anything else for, for me, Bruce. Um, this has been great. We're at, we're at like almost an hour here and doesn't feel like we've really been going that long, but um, this has been a really great podcast. I hope um, that people find value in it. Did you have any other questions or anything that you wanted to, to communicate before we sign off here? Um, I don't know, you put me on the spot now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, now this is a bit I didn't plan for. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, just uh, keep doing the podcast. I really enjoy it. So, um, it'll be good. Thank you for inviting me on. Um, it's, uh, it's always good having a chat with you, boy. Um, so, and hopefully, yeah, we can um, organize. Either if I can't get to the States, you guys better come down under and come check out the place and let me know what you think. Yeah. I'm excited for the day that you're able to, um, to make it over here to one of these shows and we get to, to touch base and chat in person and share a few beers. I, I mentioned before we started recording here, I was asked you what the most Australian thing you were doing at the moment was like right now at this moment, because Wade and I were both sitting here with a fresh cup of Tim Hortons coffee, which is probably one of the most Canadian things you could possibly think of other than if we were wearing like hockey skates while doing the podcast, I guess that would be one more step, but, um, but uh, looking forward to the day because that, to your point earlier in the podcast, this whole like Instagram community is amazing, right? It's just like everybody's so open and willing to share. And it didn't always used to be like that. I know um, you kind of referenced back when I was still building, the, I I kind of, I kind of, uh, I enjoyed the sharing the how to stuff, kind of not just the finished product, but the how to, and that's where the real value is in the community. And I think those are the guys that, that are doing well on Instagram as far as their followings are the guys that are teaching other people how to do things, not just showing you the end result. So it's a very valuable yeah, and it's community. Not, it's not, yeah. And it's not just the deck builders either. Like it does for us specifically because that's what we're into. But if you look at the like awesome framers who do some crazy, like crazy house framing and you've got, I think his name is Thomas Aaron, someone, Aquinas, I think it is or something. Um, he does tutorials on, um, the whole range of carpentry. There's, there's so many guys out there just educating people and it's making everyone better carpenters and better builders and better deck builders. And it's, um, it's, 
it, it's crazy because normally it's your tradesmen that teach you how to be a good agent. Now it's people on the other side of the world teaching you ways that you can solve problems that you hadn't really thought of, that you can incorporate ways to build stuff to make it better. And it's good when you see it go back and forth between the two the two places. Like um, I've helped a couple of people out in the States or something. They're like, oh, yeah, we love watching this stuff. I'm like... I'm learning off you guys. <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? I'm trying to take everything from you. And they're like, no, we this stuff, what you, some of these things you've done. Like, it's, to me, it's second nature, but to them, it's, it's something that hasn't hasn't popped up before. And yeah. um, I think it's a really unique thing for, um, for people in the trade that you can share this sort of information and knowledge. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's for sure become probably the the most like it's uh it's a game changer for people because like you said everybody's driven now to do something better than what they've seen on instagram and of course a lot of what you see on instagram <laughs> is somebody's perfect shot at the end right like what people don't understand yeah. sometimes is looking at a guy like jason or guys like infinite decks whatever they see this finished product but they rarely see that those guys go through the same miscuts and and uh you know things that aren't exactly perfect too. but you don't see that as much right you don't see those things so then you you strive yeah. for this perfection that's not even real you strive for it but yeah. the result of that though is that everybody's doing things that are that are way more precise than they probably should even be striving for but it's resulting in some pretty awesome stuff that's out there so it's definitely a I've, great yeah i've um i've kind of taken that um and tried to not like i call them money shots because that's what they are they're the ones that make you money um, For sure, but I like to try and keep as much of my stuff on Instagram as well as possible. Um, because building a deck isn't glamorous. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Nine times yeah. out of ten, I'm stuck in covered in concrete and you know covered in dirt, and it doesn't look pretty, and the deck doesn't look perfect while I'm building the deck. Yeah, um, that's right. And it's and I remember it was actually an article I read about Jason about when he when he was really taking off, and the article was in one of the local magazines or something for, in Seattle and it was saying about how probably the best the best thing about what Jason was doing was that he was keeping it real he will show you when he makes a mistake he burnt a board and he rolled it up and said oh that didn't work and sure it didn't be you know like he said yeah. oh, I want to smell <laughs> you know like that sort of stuff I think people underestimate um, how important it is to show people that you make those mistakes yeah well that, that's what makes me, you I more make relatable all day every day <laughs> yeah, I do it all day, every day, and That's- yeah, I do dumb stuff. I think I think one of the best um, stories I ever posted was that I posted. I called myself a muppet, but nailed the joist to the wrong side of the line. Yeah, even though I had an X to mark which side to mark, and I'm, and I'm like, God damn, I'll do it again. And I think I had about ten messages from people going, "Oh my god, once a day." Oh, yeah, everybody does so, that, right? The difference, yeah, you know, like yeah. everybody makes mistakes, everybody misses the cut, everybody does the wrong math. Everybody yeah. does that. The difference between the good guys and the bad guys is the guys who take the time to actually go fix their mistakes and not just say good enough. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's, yeah, and own it. <laughs> you, you always can, you always make mistakes. You always fix it. You own it up. And say, oh, well, I screwed it up. You fix it. So, yeah. yeah it's, um, it's good. But I, that's why I like posting that stuff. Cause I'm nowhere near. Yeah. Well, like you said, that just makes you more relatable and people, people like that. They like to see that they're not, you know, they like to see that what they're aiming for is not unachievable. They don't want to see just the the perfect stuff. It's like, boy, I don't even know if I could do that. It's like, 
No, it's nice to see that somebody took four tries to get that right. <laughs> like it, it wasn't perfect out the gate. Not anybody's, uh, nobody's perfect, right? So, anyways, Bruce, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your evening, I guess, um, to spend some time with us chatting about decking because that's what we love to do. So, I appreciate you uh, avoiding your kids for a little bit. <laughs> Sounds like you got a bit of a job there. So, um, I'm really looking forward to the day we yeah, get to meet, man. So. <laughs> I look forward to the day you make it out to one of these shows to kind of hang with the community. Until next week, folks, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Thank you, Bruce. We'll see you again. Thank you.